Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Drogi. This week, Target Practice by Katie M. Bennett. As I ascend the tree's creaking branches, I feel that its leaves are still heavy with the morning dew that glistens and gathers gradually into drops that fall on my long gray hair. My bow is strapped to my side. These woods belong to the elves, my people. I have hidden in the crook of the tree's great arm, and I am insubstantial as the morning mist that lifts from the leaf-strewn forest floor. In all my many years, I have never missed a target. This target approaches from the west, his back bowed under the weight of a heavy cloth bag that he carries ineffectively on one shoulder. The sun slides up the horizon, casting a burnt yellow glow on the lush forest. The man looks impotent here in the woods, alone without his machines or fellows. As he crunches the leaves with his shuffling, as he scares the birds away with his stomping, As he turns his head this way and that, with his eyes wide with something that looks like fear, I squat on my flexed toes, ignoring the creaking complaints from my bones. I slide an arrow from my quiver without even causing the feather to swish. Placing my aim just to the right of his heart, I pull the arrow back with strong bony fingers. As I do... I take one more appraisal of him. I never would have done this as a young elf, but now that I am old I find I am interested in stretching moments out like a bowstring, savoring them before letting them fly away. Any day may be my last, so I want it all to last longer. It has been a long time since I've seen a man in these woods, Not since the war over the territories, when a scout had arrived panting at the door of my tree hut in the early morning hours to tell me of the man's arrival, I almost didn't believe. It's also unusual to find one like this, without a group of his fellows or even a horse. He has a small enchantment on him, something homespun and heartfelt-looking, as if it was cast on him by a hobbyist, not a real enchanter. I see it, glowing pale yellow around the edges of his body, rendered nearly invisible in the golden morning sun. Just a spell for luck that won't do much other than keep the wild beasts from noticing him. It's not enough to protect him from me. I almost feel sorry for him, the bumbling creature. His clothes appear tattered, and my keen eyes notice the holes in his shoes. His skin is smooth with youth. The soft shoes are not the normal boots the men wear to subdue the soil. I can't help but wonder if the man came here through some accident. I'm about to shoot the arrow, 
when I notice the tiny face of a painted doll peeking out from his bag. Its face is white with bright pink cheeks. A pristine painted red line forms a grinning mouth as its black hair shines in the faint morning light. It's a new doll. He must be bringing it back for someone. A stone forms in my throat as a long-neglected memory grabs my wrist and stops it from letting go of the shaft. I remember my own doll, the little speckled horse with blue eyes that my mother handed me when I was five. I'd been swimming in the lake among the lily pads with my friends, and I still remember the earthy, musty smell of the sun-warmed algae in my hair. She knelt down and grabbed me close. Even though I was soaking her tunic with pond water, she pulled me so close that we touched foreheads, then a sob burst from her throat. I noticed the horse toy in her trembling left hand. Young as I was, I knew that something terrible must have happened to have rattled my stoic mother. But I didn't have the words to say what I meant, so I only pulled away and said, What's that, Mama? Your father's birthday present to you, she said, stumbling through her words. It was with him when they, when he was, when they found him. He was lost, I asked. Where is he? At my questions, my mother fell to the ground, pounding her fists. I screamed and stared at her. My aunt led my mother away to lie down and asked my uncle to sit with me. My uncle was the only one brave enough to finally say the words. Your father was killed in battle. Ever since that day, I've dedicated myself to protecting our people from the humans. I joined the military as soon as I was old enough and I never doubted the rightness of it, but now... Staring at this young, bewildered human, things felt complicated. He's clearly trespassing. All the men know the rules of our treaty and must abide by them. I tell myself I am not an individual right now, but instead I am consequence embodied. I am the elder bowmistress and thus am the impartial consequence of this man's actions. The earth doesn't hate the fruit that falls from the tree and is crushed on it. It merely remains there unmoved, just as I shall remain unmoved. The arrow had already begun to fly toward him from the moment he stepped upon our land. If one man goes free for trespassing, nobody will honor the land boundary. Is anyone there? Hello? The man calls. There's a tremor in his voice. I am here, but as his death. I am silent. The wind shushes at him through the branches. Leaves rattle all around me. The shortness of his ears even belies the shortness of his years. Humans have even fewer years than we elves. Is it less cruel or more to kill something that didn't have long to live anyway? The doll stares at me and smiles with its blood-red mouth. 
it taunts me with questions. Who was waiting for that doll on the other side of the forest where the human village sits nestled in the valley? Would I continue the cycle that was set in motion so many years ago? Would the humans and elves play out these roles forever, breaking each other's bodies and requiring champions of our children? I close my eyes as the memories continue to flood me, whipping my mind into a whirlpool of confusion. I realize that my grip on my bow has loosened and I chide myself for being so careless. I steal my will and imagine a veil covering the man's features so I can no longer see his face and his fear. I must do it. My fingers release the arrow. It lands, its shaft inches deep in the soil, a hair's breadth from the man's right foot. He jumps into the air with a scream. He looks in my direction and, unable to find me in my hidden perch, turns heel and runs in the opposite direction, away from elven lands just as I wanted him to. My mercy has likely sentenced him to a slow death to hunger, lost as he is. I throw my bow on the ground in frustration, then follow it down and pick it up again. It feels different in my hand, like something has changed, like a weight shifted ever so slightly. It doesn't feel right. I don't want it. I drop it in a stream, watching it bob up and down as if it were nodding at me. What it's agreeing with, I'm not sure. I dip my hands into the cool, crisp waters and splash my face. When I return to the village, my apprentice looks at me with expectant eyes, eyes full of vigor that I lost long ago. Did you get him? she says hoping for tales of my bravery. Her eyes flick to my empty hands. No, I said, breezing past her. Missed? she asks in disbelief. But you've never missed. And I still haven't, I say, my voice sharp as a dagger. I see her last bit of respect for me fall away. In her eyes, I am a silly old elf now, my mind growing strange with age. Later that night, I fall asleep in my hammock, my eyes on the twinkling stars, and I wonder if the man's doll made it back to the girl in the human village. I imagine a girl's eyes brightening as she sees him return. I wonder for a moment if I've spent my entire life focusing on the wrong things. As I hear my disappointed prentice sighing on a branch far below me, I reassure myself with the truth that only I know. There are no missed targets for me, only changed ones. This has been Target Practice, 
Written by Katie M. Bennett. Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash manowaker to find out more. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. The podcast is produced, edited, and narrated by me, C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening. On the next installment of Flash Fiction Podcast, a freak wind, a careless footstep, and a sheet of glass could escape its moorings and slice through a youngster's foot.